Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Relic Reveal. This one is one of my all-time favorites. That's right. We are talking about the Franciscan Friar, pioneer of electronic and print media, and martyr, patron of modern Europe, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, coming to our parish, coming to our Lady of the Angels Chapel. We are talking about the great Saint Maximilian Colby. I know what you're thinking, folks. You're thinking, we got JP2. We got St. Simon and St. Jude, these apostles. Who could we get that could be as amazing as this? St. Maximilian Colby did all of these amazing, incredible deeds, including his own martyrdom that you might know him for, what he's most famous for, laying down his life in a Nazi concentration camp so a married man could hopefully live and return home to his family. But he did so much more than that. I'm going to briefly go through his life and then tell you how you can apply the way he followed Christ to our own lives. And I think you're going to want to listen to this because this is probably one of the most important stories we can tell today. And I just realized my keys are on the table. <laughs> All right. So when we talk about Max, let's start at the beginning. Maximilian, right? His mother was very, very devout. She taught him a lot of devotionals, the Angelus, Marian prayers, but he was also a rambunctious, uh, we'll call him high energy, Jay. Is that okay? We'll call him high energy. Yeah, a little, a little rowdy at times. A little rowdy at times. And so his mother, one day exhausted with his rowdiness, said to him, what will ever become of you? Now, I don't know about y'all. My mom said that at least six or seven times a week. But for Maximilian Colby, this struck him to his core. So he went and he prayed and he said, Mary, what is going to become of me? And that's when everything changed for Maximilian's life. The Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to Maximilian Kolbe and held out to him two crowns, a red one symbolizing martyrdom and a white one symbolizing purity. She offered one of these two crowns to him and he said what I said every single time I go over to Rico's and they offer me a burrito and a fajita, why not both? That's right, Maximilian Kolbe chose a life of purity crowned with the crown of martyrdom. And he would ultimately live this life dedicated as a conventual Franciscan. Throughout all of his life, he's launched different programs, one called the Militia Immaculata, a worldwide apostolate of devotion and honor to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He would launch multiple media outlets one day after witnessing in Rome the Freemasons protesting the Pope and uttering all kind of vile things against him. He thought, well, here they are passing out these pamphlets and doing all this stuff, and they publish newspapers. Why don't I do the same thing? He was one of the first people to use a particular form of modern technology called a magazine. And he had almost a million monthly subscribers to his magazine, his newspaper that he released. Eventually, him and a bunch of super zealous friars would leave their native Poland and go to Nagasaki, Japan, where they would build a monastery. Now, the Shinto people around him were like, no, 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 you don't build a monastery on this side of the mountain. You got to do it on the other side because it doesn't look natural. And for some reason, Maximilian Kolbe said, no, Our Lady wants this monastery on the far side of the mountain. And it was dangerous to build this monastery the way they did. They didn't even have donkeys that could carry up uh, the, the bricks and the wood all the way. They had to do it by hand at certain parts. But he was determined to have this monastery built. He launched his magazine and newspaper there in Nagasaki, Japan, built the monastery. It was amazing. That same town is one of two cities, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, where the United States dropped the atomic bombs, fat man, a little boy, on those cities. And the crazy thing was, 
His monastery was built on the far side of the mountain, preserving it from the devastation of the atomic blast, and you can still go there today and visit it. Now, Maximilian Kolbe's life was not done in Japan. He would eventually come back because of illness to his native Poland, and there he was trying to build, eventually he would build almost like an entire city in Poland. He built this massive monastery, all this stuff on loan from, with land on loan from the prince. Uh, it's an awesome story. He wanted to get this land from the prince, and the prince was like, no, I want to sell this amount, and he, they, he wouldn't budge on the price. So the Franciscans are like, ah, come on. Well, he took this image, uh, a statue of Mary, and he's like, you know, I'm going to pray and do all this stuff. And then he purposely left the statue behind. Then the prince wrote him a letter. Hey, come back and get your statue. And he responded, no, nah, I'll get it in a little bit, but I'm going to leave it there. And every day the prince would look out his window and he would see this Mary statue and he would get a little antsy in the pants and he'd be like, ah, 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 fine. I'll sell it to you for whatever price you want. He ended up selling him this land, which would eventually become one of the largest monasteries in the history of the Catholic Church. It's pretty epic. Now we're going to come to the Nazi invasion. The Nazi, uh, you know, rolls through Poland, smashing the Polish army, Polish resistance. One by one, cities fall. He refused to leave his monastery and eventually would be captured prisoner. This is where the story of Maximilian Kolbe touches on my own life. Now, I and Shelley Wilson, our confirmation coordinator, attended a parish called St. Anne's in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, that was run by Capuchin Franciscans, a different branch of the Franciscans, run by Capuchin Franciscans from Poland. Father Robert Dabrowski and Father Wenceslas had the tattoos of the concentration camp that they were in, their number tattooed on their arms. And when I went to Europe to study abroad with Franciscan University, we went on a trip to the uh, Dachau and Auschwitz and all this stuff. And I saw on one of the signs, right where it says, work makes you free in German, the Polish government set up a sign that described the prisoners that were in these concentration camps. And distinctly, right, it said things like dissidents from the party, um, uh, people in the community who were actively engaged in rebellion. And then it said Polish priests. And when I read further, why Polish priests? Why did they arrest people like Father Robert and Father Wenceslas and Father Maximilian Kolbe? It was because within their vocation, they were human rallying points for the people of Poland in resistance against the Nazi regime. And so they thought, we must take these men out of commission and throw them into concentration camps. So essentially what happens is if one person escapes, 10 to 12 people will be killed in place of that one. So they call out a roll. After doing roll over and over again, they realize someone escaped. They signal out and they call forth about 10 men. And the last one begins begging. No, I have a wife. I have kids. Please don't take me. And Maximilian Colby, miraculously, he stepped out of line. The reason why I say miraculous is they would gun you down if you did that, but they didn't. And he asked the commandant, I'm an old man, I'm a priest, I have no wife or kids, let me go in his place. And he agreed. So the man returns to line, Maximilian Colby goes with him, and I saw the prison cell where they originally kept the 10 men that were going in the place of the one. The prison cell is not even six feet tall, and there were so many men crammed into it. It would probably be the, a cell where maybe three people could stand without touching each other, but you put a fourth year shoulder to shoulder. They shoved 10 men in there where you literally, and I even got in the cell, you had to bend your knees and squat down just to fit like six guys in there. Imagine adding four more grown men. 
It was intense. They were in there for several days. Then they took them and put them in an all-metal starvation bunker so that they would uh, starve to death. Day in and day out, the soldiers would go in to check the prisoners. And if one had died, they would pull out their dead body. And each time, they would see the gaze of Father Maximilian Colby looking at them. And they would eventually demand that he shut his eyes or turn his head whenever they're pulling out prisoners because they immediately felt the weight of their sin. The barbarism that they were doing, man's inhumanity to man, uh, every time he would just look at them. And he would pray for them over and over again. Eventually, Maximilian Colby would outlive every other prisoner in the starvation box to the point where... They would eventually administer poison directly into his veins in order to kill them. So after they gave him the shot and they waited for him to die, they come in to take out his dead body and found him in a position of prayer. Now, what can we take from the life of Maximilian Kolbe? Really, what can't we take from the life of Maximilian Kolbe? He leveraged new forms of social communication in order to advance the gospel. When the Freemasons were spreading hate, he wanted to spread the love of Christ. He tirelessly worked for the advancement of individual human persons stricken by poverty, by ignorance, by all this stuff. He built up the Catholic faith and he spread the gospel. All of these beautiful things, the martyrdom, laying down your life so that another can live, amazing lessons. But I want to point out one that I think he would be proud of us taking, which is what does it look like when a Christian fully embraces his or her Marian dimension of being a part of the church? What do we mean by the Marian dimension? Well, first and foremost, Mary was the greatest disciple of Jesus and the first disciple. She was the first one to ever say yes to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. So by the power of her yes and the Holy Spirit overshadowing her, Jesus entered into our world. And the culmination of the theodrama could actually take place in the land of Israel. Now, this is important because we live in a pretty godless time, and the way to bring God into the center of our world is to have that Marian yes. Fiat, let it be done unto me according to thy word. I am but the handmaid of the Lord, Mary said. She was humble, but her humility gave God 100% access to her will, right, to her reason, to her life, Physical, spiritual, the whole thing, Mary gave it over to God for God's own plan. And God, always being the gentleman, always asks. He always proposes. He never imposes. And so the Marian dimension of the church can be manifested today through your yes, through your profound faith in Jesus Christ, like the humble Virgin Mary, you can, with the power of the Holy Spirit, actually bring people to Christ, bring Christ into the world where the world knows him not. Bring Christ, the light of the world, into dark places. And that's what we're called to do. I think of the wedding feast at Cana where Mary finds out that there's no more wine for the couple. And what does she do? She goes immediately up to her son and says, they have no more wine. He says to her, woman, what is this between you and me for my hour? And his hour is always his crucifixion in John's gospel. For my hour has not yet come. And what is her response? This is the faithful humility of Mary. She turns not to Jesus to argue her point, which is what I always do because I'm fussy. Instead, she goes because she's trusting to the servants and she says to the servants what she says to us, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. That's what Mary did. She did whatever the Lord asked of her. And so the servants then become, they take on a Marian dimension as water is turned 
into wine as a wedding feast is made joyful and exuberant, right, with the new wine. This is the marrying dimension of the church. A woman who stood at the foot of the cross and consented to the destruction of her own son so that through it others could live. And there he gazes from the cross, woman, behold your son, and to the disciple whom he loved, behold your mother. So my question for you, one, what is your relationship like with Mary? We have Mary as our mother solely because Jesus Christ is both the eternal son of God and our brother, right? So everything still hinges on Jesus when we talk about Mary. But Mary was the first to say yes. She was the greatest one to say yes. So you and I, in enrolling in the militia immaculata, the army right, of the Immaculate One, we seek to imitate the virtues of Mary as she imitated Christ. And for those of you who might not be Catholic, that's exactly what St. Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. But Mary, Mary was the greatest one to imitate Jesus. So here's my encouragement as we end. I want every priest who ever sees this video to realize that your mother, right, in the supernatural world loves you. She is a virgin bride and a fruitful mother, and you, O priest, are the first of her children. She has a zeal for you that she has, unlike what she has for the rest of her family. Mary desires your sanctity. Now, for every one of us, we need to imitate the virtues of Mary, her purity of heart, her absolute yes, her total humility, all of that, because in so doing, in conforming ourselves to the immaculate heart of Mary, we will always beat in union with the sacred heart of Jesus. And that's the secret heart of the power of Maximilian Kolbe. You can do the same thing. The only thing stopping you from being as heroic and holy as Maximilian Kolbe is your yes. Let's all remember this Marian receptivity as we go forth and trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I will see you next week on the next Relic Reveal, which is, I mean, I'm telling you, these saints that we get are amazing. But Maximilian Kolbe has a special place in our life because we have video of him, we have pictures of him, and we've seen what an impact a yes can make in our modern world. God bless y'all.